Every day at America's Card Room, players just like you are scoring big in record time with Jackpot Poker. Jackpot Poker is a super fast three-player online poker set and go. You pick the buy-in, and after all three players are seated, we randomly pick the jackpot. Yep, just three players. No more, no less. And for most jackpot poker tournaments, it's winner take all. Imagine turning a $40 buy-in into the ultimate $100,000 game of poker. Anything could happen with jackpot poker. Play it now at America's Card Room. Okay, welcome to Ask Alex episode 100 on the OneOuter.com podcast, sponsored by AmericasCardRoom.com. If you want 27% rate back from AmericasCardRoom.com, Simply sign up for your account by clicking on one of the adverts or banners on the OneOuter.com website. Follow us on Twitter at OneOuter.com and join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash OneOuter. This episode and all other previous episodes are on OneOuter.com website and also via iTunes for free. Just search OneOuter Podcast. If you want to send questions in for Alex on a future show, then the best thing to do is email questions at OneOuter.com. You can tweet them or Facebook them, but everybody's sort of got the message now and does email them in. So that is preferred method. Alex, episode 100. I was going to do like one of those, you know, the big fanfare and then, oh, like a sigh at the end of it or something. <laughs> like, but uh, we don't have the budget for special effects for stuff like that. So how has everything been? And I'm sure you've got, let's, Let's kick something off. Alex has got some happy news we can start episode 100 with. So, Alex, how's your week been and what you been up to? Yeah, why? I watched a kid die over the weekend. You know, that was that was pretty cheerful. Yeah, that was uh, that was that was pretty sweet. That was my that was my second time in my life. I've seen, I saw a guy get murdered one time. I don't know if I ever told anybody about that. Got a guy. I watched a guy, I mean, I don't know if you classify, well, vehicular manslaughter. Uh, a guy ran over a guy, killed him, and I watched the guy just take off. And, you know, of course, I didn't get the license plate because I was going the other direction. And, uh, yeah, that was pretty sweet. And, you know, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, this time, no, this was a weird, uh, this was just a weird time because, I mean, this is totally our show, too, right? We talk about horror movies and awful things in life, like, but, yeah. Well, sorry to interrupt, but Alex said before we come on, me and Alex talk and bullshit for maybe, you know, 10, 15 minutes or whatever before we come on, and it's not planning the show. It's literally, you can tell this isn't planned. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, everybody but, knows that. <laughs> yeah, everybody knows that. Uh, but we just have a little chat, except and I, what you've been at Alex said, he's not told me the story yet either. So he said, oh, I saw a kid die, and I was like, wow, you know, you want to, actually, you want to talk about it on the show, and Alex is like, sure, you know, we can. I said, well, it's the 100th episode, so, you know, I thought it was quite funny, like, normal 100th episode, it's all, like, yeah, previous highlight reels, and like, <laughs> yeah. Alex is going to tell us about how he saw someone die this week, so I thought it was, I mean, God rest her soul, except, yeah. but oh, I, it's black humor, it's my humor. And I mean, humor. it's dark humor, but it's kind of... Yeah. I mean, well, this was just, okay, let me give you, I mean, this was just weird, because there was a... I mean, like, I took a few days, I felt, like, to try to get myself mentally together, so I went up to this cabin and spent some time there, and it didn't really have the desired effect, but on, before I went up to this cabin, I went to go, uh, uh, well, I, 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 went, I went up to get a lighter because I was going to smoke a cigarette, and uh, I, 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 I don't smoke cigarettes normally, but when I'm kind of on edge, I still occasionally will. I know, I know that makes me, like, close to Satan to most people, but uh, I do smoke cigarettes occasionally. And, uh, yeah, so anyway, I, I wanted to go get this lighter, and this guy, was, uh, this guy was driving a taxi, and there's this huge, like, war going on between Uber and the red taxis here. The red taxis in Costa Rica, I've had steal from me. I've had had faulty meters. I've had taxis scream at me for absolutely no reason. They're uh, they're really kind of idiots. They're they're taxi they're taxi drivers. Yeah, they're taxi drivers. <laughs> well, they do this dumb thing which always drives me insane, which is like I'll go do the job that everybody else is doing, and then I'll go make lots of money. And it's like, okay, in second grade, they should teach you how the economy works. Okay. If everybody's doing a job and literally anybody could do it, you're not going to make that much money from it. Well, sure enough, Uber comes in and undercuts all of them. 
And that's all anybody wants to use because nobody likes the red taxis uh, in Costa Rica because they're so rude and they treat people so bad. And uh, the Uber drivers are generally pretty nice people uh, who really needed a job and they're happy. They recognize what it is. This isn't supposed to be a career a lot of the time. It's supposed to be for a little extra money or when you're between jobs or something like that. Because let's be honest, you're driving a damn car. Okay, you're not, you know, it's not a specialized skill. You, yeah. That's just how the market works. If anybody can do your job, you're not going to get paid that well for it. It's a, a bit of a crime when it is a crime when good teachers get paid next to nothing, because that's a job not that many people can do. And that shows they're getting taken for granted. And I feel horrible for them. But I do not feel bad for taxi drivers for one second. And uh, yeah, so anyway, there are. Okay, so instead of improving their services, changing prices, they're, uh, they, uh, they've decided to just uh, – they're, they're having protests in Costa Rica uh, it, it to it, – it's, it's like a zombie movie, but it's like taxi drivers versus the people. They're deciding to protest the oncoming of Uber, Uber right? They want Uber to be blocked in the country. And they had a protest in Costa Rica. Everybody was watching it on TV. Uh, they, they were, like, beating up police. They were, uh, like, 70 80, 70, 80 of them got arrested or something like that. Uh, they, they were, like, getting into fights with police. Fights with, Sometimes if they see an Uber driver, like, pick you up, like, all the taxi drivers will, like, come. Or, it, it, sometimes taxi drivers are just ordering Uber drivers here. And uh, when the Uber shows up, they just kick the guy's ass, right? Mm. Which is, yeah, they're, what, they're lovely people, right? You know, salt of the earth, these guys, you know. But uh, so anyway, I'm on this road, and uh, I'm going to this corner store. And this taxi driver, there is nobody, or, there's nobody around for like 10 miles. And because I'm in bum F nowhere, he drives going like 40, 50 miles an hour and does this hanging Yui uh, to park. And he misses Barry. I'm not making this up. He misses my knee by two centimeters, right? Like two inches. And I lost my mind. Like I have not lost my mind in a really long time. I got up into his face. I used a lot of words I shouldn't have used. Uh, but I, I mean, the guy could have snapped my leg in half, Right. And I, you know, and I said, like, this is why nobody uses you guys. You know, you guys are so effing stupid and reckless, right? And I said these words. I was like, you're going to get I, – I, I don't know if I exactly said it because I was going between Spanish and English. But I said, you're going to get somebody killed one of these days the way you guys drive, right? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you, you specifically, right? And then, uh, sure enough, the next day – I'm at this cabin. I walk outside this cabin and there's 28 police around. And it's because this taxi driver was driving like a dumbass and he hit these kids that were on their little scooter going to the grocery store trying to pick up some like some bread for like uh, a like a a Sunday meal, right? Or something like that. And the guy killed both of them, right? And then the guy's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. There's a dead body, like, laying on the ground, right, as I'm walking by. I'm like, oh, this is a great way to clear my head, right? And I'm feeling, you know, the kid's, like, 16 years old. And, uh, you know, sure sure enough, I asked somebody, like, I was like, he veered into the other lane, right? Like, I was like, he was going through the, because it was a two-lane road. And uh, I I was like, he went into the other lane, right? Because that's how the taxi drivers drive. They always got to go everywhere super, super fast, right? And uh, the guy's like, yeah, he did. And I was like, oh, yeah, he's real sorry now. And it, it's just, you know, I, I, it, the stupidity of some people pisses me off so much. Because, like, yeah. you want to be dumb in your own life, that's fine. But once you have kids or once you put other people's lives at risk, that's what, you know, uh, I was pretty pissed for myself. But what was really, what made me relent against the taxi driver, like, in my neighborhood was uh, – there were kids around, right? There were like little kids and the kids were hearing me cuss at him, right? And I stopped, but I was thinking, what if this dumbass had run over this little girl? There's like a four-year-old girl, girl that's always walking around the street, right? And like, she's pretty safe, but this guy's like ver- veering into the curb and stuff like that. And yeah, I don't know. It put me, 
it, it put me in a wor- like seeing that put me in a wor- like like world tilt. Like I could yeah. not, it, you know, I, I I really if they block Uber in this country and they give money to these dumbasses, like I'm. I don't know. I'm, I'm out of here, man. <laughs> it's horrible, isn't it? I mean, yeah. seeing stuff like that as well, it's weird. Oh, it's awful. I remember man. seeing someone taking, like, a full-blown epileptic fit. I've oh, seen someone like, have a heart attack and stuff. And oh, God. It's horrible. It just, like, it's like you come out yourself and look at, you know, and you just, like, I don't know. It kind of makes you think that people go around you. We all walk around. I mean, this, oh, shit, this is a hundredth episode. We're about to drag this I right down. I don't, I don't care depression. this is our episode, man. This is but <laughs> it's, it's, fu- it's funny. It's like, um, it just makes you think. Like, you go around, there's, thankfully, there's something in the human brain and mind that makes you forget you are all going to die and we're all mortal. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah. it, when you see stuff like that, you just think, God, that could be anybody I know or it could be me or, you know, yeah. it's just, it's it makes you think, you know, and it, it kind of, I know it's terrible for them, and I don't mean to be selfish and, like, say, oh, well, it's, the kids died, but, oh, it's made us appreciate life more or whatever, but right, it right. kind of does. It, stuff, it when does. you see stuff like that, it really hits at home. It you know? does, yeah. You, it, it really, re- you really realize, like, just how lucky you are to be here in this, oh, like, time and space, you know what I mean? There's a lot of, I mean, I, I think I've talked about this on the show. I used to play poker games with drug dealers, and it wasn't, uh, it, I, I could tell you I needed the money at that time, but that wasn't true. I, I was just mm. greedy. Uh, and there was one time uh, I, le- I left, and I, I just didn't have a good feeling. Uh, I, I'm not going to say, like, I had anything going on, like I knew what was up. I was also really tired. That was another reason I really left. And yeah. uh, the guy gave me some lip as I was leaving. I was like, yeah, yeah, y'all have a good night. That guy ended up taking out a shotgun and, like, holding everybody hostage for, like, three hours. When he, he decided it would be a really good idea to smoke some Oxy and then get – it was over 20 bucks. It was, they, were playing money, they were playing poker for thousands of dollars. It was about a guy who stole 20 bucks worth of weed, right? Yeah. And uh, I was just thinking if I was there, if I was freaking out and I started getting twitchy and I started saying something because you know me, I can't shut up. What if, you know, what if I, what if I said something stupid and I would have you know, that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's it. And it, it, it's just stuff like that. You realize, like, well, and I, I never went to another game like that again after that happened. You know what I mean? And my buddies, my buddies told me how that night went. You know, it was, uh, by the way, it's not like you can call the police when that happens, right? It's like, because they're, they're going to come in there. And, you know, we were all, back then, we were all high. You know, we, were, we would be high constantly. We would be, you know, we were in the company of them. You know, we have their money, so what does that look like? You know what I mean? So it's, you really realize, oh, I put my life in a situation where someone could have taken it and there wasn't a whole lot I could have done, if, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's just, yeah, and it, you know, I, I'm not going to lie with you guys. I'm going through a really tough time right now. I'm going through one of those, uh, it, it, I, it, like, uh, everybody says this is, like, as bad as, you know, like the death of a family member. And it's a, is kind of a, it is kind of a medical thing too, but it's not with me. And it's just, uh, you know what I mean? I get really pissed off and stuff, but it, it, at the same time, like bringing it back to you guys, the fact these days you can have like a podcast and you can just talk with people about what you're actually thinking. And it's not like television where it's like, all right, you know, give 14 seconds. Tell me what you think. Right. Yeah. You know, it's you, we can actually just long form talk here. You know, we can just have a conversation and then you can meet people in different parts of the world. And it's like, oh, man, I listened to that and I heard that. And that was really cool. Or, you mm-hmm. know, or hey man, you know, I'm doing this. Would you like to get involved with that? And it's actually a really helpful thing. So, you know, with all the bad stuff that goes on, you know, you have you have this podcast, you have like communicating with people and the fact you can make your money anywhere on earth these days, you know what I mean? Just because you can brand and talk to people and you can help people like legitimately, I get, I feel like I get to help people now and make money from it, you know? And nobody, anybody who's ever complained, I've given a refund to, and that's been like three people out of literally thousands. And, uh, those people, I kind of, I'm not going to lie, you know, like out of whatever, a thousand four hundred lessons I've done, I've dropped the ball like three times. I've shown up, super super tired and i didn't 
you know, I did a good performance, but I didn't do a great performance. But the guy was expecting, you know, assassinato, a coaching lesson from assassinato, which if you're paying $200 an hour, damn right, you should get the assassinato coaching. You know what I mean? You should get Mm -hmm. the, you should get me when I'm spirited, when I'm getting every, I have tons of homework ready for you. I have every concept ready for you. I can break it down in a way nobody else could because damn it, you guys deserve it if you're going to pay $200 an hour, right? I've only, I'm really happy to say I've only had three refunds, uh, not for lessons, but it's been for like videos. And two of those were just like, hey, dude, uh, I know all this stuff already because we talked about it in lessons. And I was like, you're absolutely right. You shouldn't have to pay for this. I didn't even think about it when you sent the money in. Okay, here, you, you just keep that, keep the money. And one was a lesson where I showed up like kind of half sick and I play, I, I, I play bad. I didn't, I didn't do well, but like you, I've never had any, the fact that I've had what, however many, like 1400 lessons or something like that, all these webinars and people can pay hundreds of dollars and they can feel like maybe I just paid $200, but I'm going to make thousands of dollars with this stuff. Like who gets to work like that where you get, everybody makes money. Who, who, who gets a job like that? Think of how amazing that job is because every time, you know, my friends were like, you know, back when I was like a fisherman and I was working in kitchens and stuff, they were like, you got to work in sales. You know what I mean? I'm like, man, I don't want to sell. I don't want to go to the Foot Locker and sell $200 sneakers to a family that can't afford it. You know what I mean? That's not what I want to do. But what if they went and took those sneakers and they went out on the street and they could make thousands with them? You know what I mean? Like Mm. who gets to do that stuff? Johnny, get down. Just because I'm in a good mood doesn't mean you get to play on the couch. Sorry, my, my dog's getting a little bold. And then, uh, yeah, they, they all lay on my belly now while I watch baseball. And uh, now they think that means they can be on the couch. They don't understand my fat stomach is a little different than the couch. But, yeah, so funny. I turn baseball on now, and the dogs get ready to, like, they, they like, hang out by they the know. couch. <laughs> yeah, they do. It's really funny. If I turn on the news, they don't do it. Because in, uh, with the news, I just eat something for like 10 minutes and then I'm done, you know? And then uh, watching... By the way, oh my God, the news is terrible these days. But a- anyway, it's... Uh, yeah, it was... I, j- I just want to thank you guys for allowing me to not have to... Because the, the old way poker works is like optimally, what you want to do with poker is you want to play poker with consenting adults who can lose the money and... They get to say they played with a pro, they had a good time, maybe they lost a couple hundred dollars. But, you know, I honestly believe it provides a service. Like, there was one time, like, okay, dentists have, like, one of the highest suicide rates in the world. Uh, not in the wor- world, the United States. I don't know why I said that. But, like, dentists have a pretty – or, like, police, right? Like, a lot of times police have a really high suicide rate because the cop feels like, who can I trust? Uh, who can, feels they can trust me, right? And then, you know, it's hard on the wife knowing what the guy does every day and stuff like that. And, you know, I've had those guys come at the poker table in the first two hours, they don't really want to talk with anyone. And then eventually, you know, they're having a beer or two, but just a beer or two. They're talking with everybody. We're all playing cards. It's not for an amount of money that's going to, like, rock their life. Sometimes they get to win. That's the greatest part about this game, you know? And that's really cool, because you feel like, you know what, man, they get to go, I played with a pro, I took him down this one pot. And it, it, they should be able to have those stories, you know what I mean? And that's fun. But you don't always get that. When, you were, when I was coming up, I didn't always get that. You know, there were games, you know, you could go and play with a drug dealer who, who couldn't remember the rankings of the hands. He was so high, but he might just grab a Glock and decide to take that money back. That was the kind of stuff, you know, not that I was, I was too... I, I was uh, I was too much of a pussy to be quite honest to go to those games often. But there are you know you would play like uh, there'd be like one fish and you didn't even know if he really had the money, and you would go play like nosebleed stakes at the local casino to play with him, and it was all your money to play with him. And then if you ruined the guy, you didn't know if that was somebody's like college education or something like that, right? But you there are times you have to. Like, I'm not going to act like this isn't professional gambling. And there is, it is conflicting as a Christian, you know, to be in games where you're kind of in the muck some of the times. You're kind of, and uh, that's kind of why I like poker tournaments, because I hope people, when they know the absolute maximum they can lose, they'll be 
a little more re- reasonable and responsible, although I know that doesn't happen as mu- it, always. I think it does happen a little bit more. But, like, the fact you guys give me a job where I can sleep at the end of the day, because, you know, everybody deserves... It's just like chess lessons. If you, every, people play poker all over the world. If you want to learn how to play poker, you deserve to know how to play poker, and you, you deserve to know for free. Honestly, you ju- shouldn't have to listen to all this crap uh, that I think a lot of like my colleagues, for lack of a better word, push on you, uh, which is just this algorithm that no longer applies, uh, that worked really well for them for a couple of years, and now they're broke, and they want to uh, wanna... topa. Don't take my – okay, now the other dog is taking a towel. But okay, anyway, whatever. Uh, they, uh, but, like, you know, there's a lot of, like, hucksters uh, that are teaching poker. You would agree with that, right, Barry? Like, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of guys like that. And you know what? If you guys don't want to pay for anything, I love that we do the one-outer podcast. I love that we can do this. You know what I mean? Because, hell, I know what it's like. Yeah, I, I remember downloading EPT episodes because I couldn't afford, like, cable, because, so I couldn't watch World Poker Tour or something like that. Or they had, uh, they had poker at 9 in the morning on UPN 11 on free television when I had bunny ears. When I, this is a true story. In 2005, I had the little bunny ears, and there was one poker show I could pick up, right? And then eventually, you know, at some point... My family did have cable for a bit, and we could watch World Poker Tour, and I would tape them because I didn't know if we'd lose the cable again. Eventually, we did, right? And uh, I remember what it was like, and it's really cool now to be an adult, and you know, maybe I can't write back emails individually, but I can. We can answer them right here, and hopefully, everybody who has a similar question can get their answer, uh, get their answer for their question, and. If you guys want to go do the like the stuff that I really haul ass on, you know, like the the webinars and stuff like that, that's up to you. And I love the fact that, you know, we're not always leading into it on this one outer podcast. We mention it, it's five minutes, but otherwise you guys just get content. And it's a it's really cool that you guys let me live. You know what I mean? You guys could just take the free stuff, but you guys want to know how far the rabbit hole goes, and that's really cool. And those of you uh those of you who write me and go like, look, I can't afford it now, but I'm hoping, you know, eventually in a couple of years. Like, this is the crazy thing. This is how cool our people are. People like, uh, of course, you know, there's going to be 100 people that write me this now. But uh, like people will write me and, hey, man, I just wanted to say thank you for the one hour podcast. And uh, I, I, you know, I it, just a little about me, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like I'm kind of on the come up. But, it, you, know, th- you know, I've hit a few snags. Life's been a little tough. You know, maybe I just got a divorce or maybe I had some problems with my health or something like that. But when I get a little money, I'm going to buy a lesson or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to I'm going to try to go to one of your webinars. And I'm like, hey, man, here's one of my older webinars, but still a goodie. You know, like, thanks for writing in. I really appreciate it. The number of those guys who six months later show up for something and pay for something is so high, which is crazy because I think I would think most people would just take the money and run. You know what I mean? They wouldn't, uh, they would be like, okay, I got like a $60 product out of him. And you know, that's, that's that, you know, I don't need anything else, but you guys are so loyal and you guys, you guys let me live. And I'm so, I hope we do a thousand of these. I hope I get stupid rich and I can just bankroll this on my own. Cause we all know, you know, Barry needs to count his money. And, uh, uh, you know, Barry's sitting there listening to me ramble counting his hundreds and goes, that's why I get the big bucks. (laughs) I gotta gotta listen to this clown. But yeah, there's a, you know, I hope we can do a lot more of these, you know, Barry's the greatest co-host ever because he's got that wry humor that (laughs) we're, we're like Ernie and Bert, man. Like I'm the American who can't shut up and you're like the wry Scotsman who's always got a a very good comment at the end of everything, which kind of puts things in. No, I'm serious though. You put things into perspective for like people who aren't up in their head. Like I am, you know what I mean? That's it. And I can't, I can't believe we get to do this. It's so fun. So salute. Thank you to that. I guess we got some, we got some questions. Yeah. And I, just to say, we've, we've talked about deaths of kids. We've talked about, <laughs> uh, we've talked about down stuff for our hundreds episodes. So, we're going to pick up a bit now, and oh, right. uh, we we did talk about Alex's new book coming out. It's available for pre-order now, The Myth of Poker Talent from dnbpoker.com, and it's also pre-order on Amazon in your respective Amazon countries. 
Um, so I said last week that I would buy a copy for one listener. So what we're going to do is, if you want to get a copy of Alex's book for free, I'm going to buy it with some of my residuals from the OneOuter.com podcast. <laughs> and I'm going to buy a, a copy from Alex. I'm going to send it to um, you wherever you are in the world. So what we're going to do is to get that copy, all you need to do is email in barry at OneOuter.com. So it's B-A-R-R-Y at OneOuter.com. Send me in an email and put the subject myth of poker talent and then simply put, not an essay, try and keep it to like a couple of paragraphs. Why you yeah, feel... Yeah, how about, how about this? You got a two-paragraph limit. Uh, how, how's that? Does that work? Yeah, out? but then how, how big's a paragraph for some oh, people? Oh, damn. So, oh, my God. Let's, like... let's say like, you know, yeah, let's... You know, let's not send me in books. Just 500 words. A, a few sentences. Yeah, 500 word max limit. Let's yeah, go for that. Go. There we go. On why you deserve a free copy of The Myth of Poker Talent. So maybe a little bit about how you started in poker, whatever, etc. And the winner will be selected in, let's say, two weeks. So on episode 102, I will pick one by then and read it out. So let's say closing date is, if I look at the calendar, we will go for a closing date of 12 o'clock midnight on the 24th of August, which is a Wednesday British time. So GMT, 12 midnight GMT on the 24th of August, that is the deadline. Anything after that won't be considered. Anything before that, I'll read through them. And I'll select the winner of who deserves a free book. And if you don't mind, we'll read out the winning, you know, the winning person's reason and stuff. If you don't want to do that, you can put in brackets, you know. Actually, if you don't want to do that, don't enter. So your <laughs> your, your your reason will be read out, and we will announce the winner uh, on episode one hundred and two. So closing day is twenty fourth of August, twelve midnight GMT. Email in barry at oneouter dot com. Subject, myth of poker talent, and then 500-word limit of why you deserve the book. And then we'll get that book to one lucky winner. And uh, we will see. So good luck to everybody that wants to enter that. Sorry, uh, I, I laughed. Go on, you go, Alex. Sorry, sorry, I laughed when you mentioned your stipend. I make it sound like Barry makes like millions of dollars from the show. <laughs> he, gets paid, he gets paid a very fair salary uh, for, you know, he does do quite a bit of work. I don't want you guys to think like Barry is... Just rolling in the dough, though. You know, it, it is a really cool gesture that he's going to buy the book for you. Because, uh, it, dude, okay, so the book's $30. I had a guy on Twitter complaining about it. I was like, you realize this is my life's work, right? Like, this is, you know what I mean? It's not going to be Harry Potter. Like, yeah. it's not going to be Harry Potter's 22 bucks. And that took that chick, what, a year? And you know what I mean? Like, anyway, sorry, anyway. Uh, so uh, let let's let's fire into questions, Adam. Yeah, let's do it. We've got about half an hour left, or just over half an hour. You can tell I so, smoked a cigarette. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> we will go into questions now. I'm going to have a look here because one of them was a big one, which we do like the long form. As Alex says, we're all about the long form. Yeah. But one of them will need edited and stuff, so we're going to leave that one today. So the first question for episode 100 is. Let's go. It is from uh, Eric, and it's, Hey, Alex, subject from a fan. Been following you for uh, quite some time. Seen some streams, listened to the one-hour, and learned a great bit from you. The one thing I really have taken to heart is working from the top down, focusing on the big stuff first. This year, I've gone from a 100% teacher job to 50% job to focus more on poker, and I want to start to fine-tune my opening game. I think it's decent, but I just want to put the nail in the coffin once and for all. Do you have any good resources on that matter, or a good way I could figure this out on myself? Links to webinars, video packs on the matter will be highly appreciated. Thanks, and continue to put in the great work. You are an inspiration, Eric. I appreciate that, man. Uh, write me at alex at I do have, why Pusegno is right is my oldest webinar, but I was going through it a bit. Because we're making commercials for all the webinars. Actually, I'm going to try to upload a bunch of them. Uh, but it, it's uh, it, it, it essentially, 
uh, essentially with uh, the commercials, what we're doing is we're taking like 20, 30 minutes from the old webinars and we're going to put them on YouTube. And I was watching a little bit and I was like, a lot of this still holds up. The problem is I didn't do, you know, there was like two minutes at the end where I said, well, normally you can do this. Normally you can do that uh, because people do this. And that is completely changed. But you would have all the math from why Pisagno is right to figure out how it's changed. Uh, the big thing is I don't think you can open carelessly anymore. I think in the old days, uh, the big blind would call you most of the time, and that would be – that was fine because most of the time the big blind didn't play all that well. Now I think people play a little bit better in the big blind. Uh, but it, it, generally the biggest problem is, okay, let's say you open the hijack with – a seven offsuit, which I see all the time in lower stakes hand histories. Uh, especially, I, I just did a webinar where I was going over, I was with the stable, and I, I, wa I watched like 10 of their hand histories from 10 different players, and they were just opening everything from everywhere. Remember, tight is right more than ever, okay? Like, uh, at, whenever variance goes up, you have to be a little bit more conservative. So, like, if you watch, like, old baseball you would see like uh, some pretty goofy swings because it was just, it wasn't as hard to hit the ball, right? Because people could be a little more relaxed. They could kind of leave their hands in different areas. And uh, now if you watch baseball, people are in these stances that are like so precise because pitchers are so good. They have to, they throw so hard and so well into such great locations. You have to be ready from the second that, when the guy's hand is holding the ball up in the air, you need to already be swinging. And mm -hmm. poker's a lot like that now. Your stance, it's just like a boxer's stance. If, you're, if your stance is open, you're going to get rocked. And uh, uh, to use another uh, sports analogy, there's uh, Bill Wood, John Wooden. I, I can never get this guy's name right if my life depended on it. Uh, but he was, the, uh, he, he was like the best college basketball coach ever. He, uh, he had 16 championships or something like that, which is extremely insane when you think about it. Every single year he lost his best players because generally the varsity uh, players are the guys that are the most grown into their body, the most used to being on the court, and they're out the next year. They can't legally play for their college anymore, right? And mm -hmm. uh, this guy somehow, there's thousands of basketball teams in the United States, and he won the overall championship 16 times, right? Well, if you go to his practice, you know what you would see? You would see them passing 85% of the time. And he was, you know, it was just like pass, okay, direct from the chest. Don't lose it. And they asked him, why would you do that? And he was like, well, a turnover is such a huge per percentage of this game, right? If you have five turnovers, that's... That could possibly be six, eight points. That could change the entire game. And a lot of teams have like a lot more than that if they don't get this right. Here's the crazy thing about poker. One turnover could be the game. That's it, right? You open one time, get into one pot you shouldn't have got in. Good game. Have a good day. So tight is right, okay? Remember, this is Assassinato telling you this. Remember me on EPT Live opening God knows what? Under the gun, I'm telling you, it doesn't work anymore. Back in the day, I would open under the gun with anything because everybody would just fold and then the big blind would call it. And then everybody was such a position Nazi, they would come scream at him later and say, why are you flatting out of position? And then he would fold the next time. And then I was just picking chips up all the time. And I was telling people under the gun is the new button. Now, let me give you, I would open like a seven offsuit back then and like four seven suited under the gun. And a lot of times it would work for me. This was back when I was making money hand over fist in poker tournaments, right? And this was just before Black Friday. And, like, I had the F-Tops final table for six figures. I got, uh, you know, EBT San Remo for six figures and stuff like that. I'm telling you, all of that is gone. It's done. You, everybody who's imitating that is going to be losing a lot of money. I'll tell you what happens these days is you have, like, ace-jack, ace-ten offsuit from under the gun. And, like, everybody's like, oh, auto-open, right? I don't even know, like, even ace-queen there is not that great. You should open ace-queen off, but you open ace-ten, ace ace-jack there. Well, the guy on the hijack is like, oh, crap, I really want to play my suited connector. And in the old days, he wouldn't do it because he assumed he had a tight range. 
or he would assume somebody would squeeze behind him. But now he's like, well, you know, I'm going to call here and probably the button will call because the button knows the big blind will call. And sure enough, that happens. You have a four-way pot. You're out of position with a really easily dominated hand. You're going to have a bad time. So you don't want to be doing that. So here's the thing. Pure steals, uh, you should not be purely stealing. A pure steal to me is like a hand that has very little redeemable value. Uh, Like a dry ace is a pure steal to me. I think it's a really garbage hand if you have to go post-flop out of position with it. So... If you have a seven offsuit on the cutoff, you have to kind of approximate how often everybody's going to play with you. You've got to look at the cold calling range, uh, and you've got to add it up with the three betting range and the button. And then you've got to look at uh, the playing ranges of the small blind and big blind, and you've got to multiply what their folding ranges are. So if everybody's playing 20% of their hands, it's 0.8 times 0.8 times 0.8, which you're generally going to find these days given how activated people are when it comes to playing poker, how much people want to play cards these days and flat and get in there and fight is you cannot open from the cutoff these days. Like, it's just not going to happen. I don't even bother, right? Like, if I have, like, a king-10 offsuit, I'll play because that plays a little bit better. If I have, like, 10-8 suited, that plays a little bit better. But, like, a dry ace, I'm just dumping. Uh, your pure steals are really easy to figure out uh, mathematically. You just take the playing ranges of the small blind and big blind, let's say if you're, uh, let, let's say if you're on the button and they both play 20% of the hands, 0.8 times 0.8 is 0.64, and it's really easy to do. These people are like, how do I multiply percentages? How do I multiply like folding percentages? Their folding percentages are, you know, 80%, 80%. Well, you reduce them to fractions, and then you can just re- reduce them to multiplication tables. What's eight times eight? It's e- e- and if you don't know this, your education system failed you, which means congratulations, welcome to the club. They didn't want us to learn our multiplication tables in school because they thought it hurt our feelings. And we had, actually, we had, we had one teacher who thought it was BS. She was an old woman. She was like, you guys got to learn discipline. And I, you know what? I always say I had really bad teachers. I think she was a pretty good teacher, you know, because she was like, you guys need discipline. You guys need to learn. Part of life is rote memorization and showing up. Did you guys have to learn your multiplication tables growing up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was right. a hardcore thing. We, we did it up to like 12 times table, I think. Oh, was. wow. Yeah. We, I think they quit at 11 for us because that was super easy. To, well, it's funny because people say like, oh, I'm never going to need to know math. I use math every single day. I, I, I really liked at, up to algebra. After algebra, I really hated trigonometry and everything after that. And my school kind of went, you know, you suck at this. Just get out of here, right? Like, literally, they were like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not making this up. They were like, the last two years, they were like, you don't need to do math. Don't worry about it, buddy. Uh, you're, you Just get out of here. Because it costs them so much money to hold someone back, right? So they kind of mm-hmm. look at your overall grades and they go, well, this isn't going to be an embarrassment if the state, you know, rings us up on this. So, yeah, you know what? You, just, you go be a teacher's assistant. You go huff glue and copy papers for a week, all right, buddy? We think that's a little bit better for your skill level. But uh, essentially, uh, it, 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 like, it, it's really good just to have like your multiplication tables because when you're opening on the button and you just look at, okay, they cold call this much, they three bet this much, then you multiply the numbers together. You get how often they both fold, and then you can figure out how often your bet needs to work based on – you know, you take how much you're putting out there. Let's say there's 100 chips in the pot and between, all, you know, it's like 50 uh, big blind, uh, 25 small blind, and 25 in annies, and you make it 100 on the button. You shouldn't do that. You should make it uh, 2.5x, in my opinion, a lot of the time, because if people call you out of position with 2.5x and check fold the flop, that's incredibly uh, bad for them. Uh, pretty much every equity calc I've done has shown that just hemorrhages money. Uh, because you think about it, people's defending ranges don't really change as much as they should with 2.5Xs uh, compared to 2Xs, which is pretty amazing because if you're going to call that much money out of position, you should be donk betting more, check raising more, fighting more in general. And if anything, they do less. And now my puppy's got my underwear. That's awesome. Where'd you get that? Where'd you get that, Topa? And so anyway, I... Uh, uh, 
Hold on a second. I got to go grab my underwear. Hold on. I cannot believe I'm saying this. Okay. Uh, one second. She's tearing holes in it. So Alex is back from grabbing his underwear from yeah, his yeah, uh, fiddle. Uh, okay, Alex, carry on. All right. Yeah. And so uh, it's really easy to do this from the small blind as well because, oh, yeah. So let's say you make it 100 on the button to win 100. This is really easy. You just do 100 divided by the entire pot that's out there, which is now 200. And then you get your bet needs to work 50% of the time. If they're both folding 64% of the time, as per our previous example, you have a profitable play with any two cards. The only way you make this unprofitable is if you have like nine, two offsuit and the board comes like queen nine, three, and you go broke. Right? So you can, by the way, you can flop a very terrible pair and just check, try to get to try to get it to showdown and fold. If anyone bets, there's no law that says you need to play with a pair. Right? And you got to get all this stuff down pat because once you get to, uh, you know, once you get deep in an EPT, you're going to have that jackass Joe Stapleton talking about poker like he knows something. And then you're going to have, uh, you're going to have the peanut gallery going on about everything. And uh, is it Joe Stapleton's a funny dude, but it's like, do, do they, I don't know. Do you guys watch the EPT? Stuff like do, do they? I don't, I don't anymore. Do, do they have like a poker analyst, like a devoted poker analyst? Like it'd be pretty weird if you and I covered cricket. You know what I mean? Like we just. Yeah. I mean, not that we couldn't make it funny, and but I, I mean, and to be fair to Joe Stapleton, he's there to make it funny. But I, it's weird. I feel like they rely on him for the poker analysis, and it's like I don't think I. You know, there's like there's a lot of pros that don't know what I'm doing. That's why I do it. So it's not really fair for the announcer to have to parse through it. But yeah, anyway, uh, moving forward, uh, it, there's like, it, the other thing is when you're raising from the small blind, it's a lot easier to do this because let's say you make it three X while well, you're actually making it 2.5 X uh, because there's half a big blind uh, that's already dead out there. So again, you figure out what your a lot of times it's just going to be a flat out 50% it needs to work. And if you see the guy's full big blind to small blind steal is higher than 60%, uh, you're, you're going to, uh, it, it's going to be higher than 60%. You're going to have a, uh, you're going to have a profitable play. Now, generally when you're opening from any position earlier, uh, cut off or earlier, you want hands now that play a little bit better multi-way. So if you're stealing, it should be with suited connectors. And it should be with stuff that can call very small raises because a lot of people do these like really tiny 2x raises, right? And if somebody makes like a 2.5x raise, you can fold. It's fine, right? But uh, with, if somebody makes like a 2x raise, you don't want to be in the habit of folding there because generally you can make some pretty decent money with it. So, yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think that covers quite a bit. But generally, drop the big cards from early position. Uh, raise the suited broadways, the suited connectors, even the suited gappers. A lot of times I just muck these days because people have gotten a lot better in later position. And yeah, you know what? I'll be honest with you. It makes poker a lot more boring, but this is the thing I noticed at the WSOP main event. I showed up and I realized everybody here wants to show what a gangster they are, right? They're ready to fight for every pot. I'm going to, I'm going to, I was also, I, I admitted to myself at the beginning of that tournament, I was like, I'm probably not playing my A game. Uh, I'm going to try to play my B game, right? Which is, I think, you know, if you're ever jet lagged or you're going through some at home or whatever, you're just going to have to accept when it comes down to a close decision, you're not going to know if you can trust yourself normally as much. So don't put yourself in a place to have close decisions. And that ended up being a great strategy because I wouldn't play a hand for an hour and then I would open and then everybody just had to show how sick they were by three betting me. I would flat with my pretty decent pair. They would take a shot at one board. I would call and then they would give up and then mm -hmm. I could go for value. And I just chipped up, chipped up, chipped up, never really had that many hands. And I cashed and made $6,000 over three days. Uh, I don't think... I mean, every time there was a flip, I lost. I, you know, there was a lot of stuff like that. I mean, not like every time, but, you know, enough of the time it was like, Ugh, like this wasn't working out well. Or, you know, I, I never had one of those hands where like I drilled a draw at the end and then I was like, sweet, you know, and then I went for value and I got it. I didn't have many of those, but I did have a lot of people trying to outplay me and me just having a hand because I tightened up. 
Now, was it fun folding for 54 minutes before that? Well, no. But I kept myself entertained by taking Evernote uh, notes, right? And just making myself into it. And then, uh, anyway, uh, moving forward. Okay. And uh, let's get into the next question. And it's from our good friend, Dennis Pedersen. What's up, Dennis? Um, who messaged him before. And it's quite funny because he... There was some confusion he thought a few weeks ago was the 100th episode. Cause I oh, that's right, that's it. right. <laughs> so he has timed this one perfect, and obviously he's, he's kind of made this one date-sensitive, so we had to read it out of the show. All right. uh, so Barry and Alex, let me try this again. Congrats on 100 episodes. Here's to 100 more. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I, I always look forward to seeing the notification on my phone that the new episode is available, so keep it up. On Sunday, I played in an online day one on Party Poker for the GPPT event in Montreal. I made it through day one, so I'm off to Montreal in a few weeks for day two. How cool. There will be 20 online day ones and eight live day ones. And as a listener mentioned about a different tourney last week, they are allowing players to buy into day two for $1,100 and they get 50 big blinds. Day one, day one is a $109 entry. I made it through with 31 big blinds. I've never played a day two before. Only 10% of the field make day two. So I assume we will be in the money already. What advice would you give someone for day two of an event who's never made it that far before? And what adjustments should I, make, should I be making going from online to live? I play 99% of my poker online, so I assume this could be a weakness for me. Thanks again, guys. Well, a lot of times day two is... Uh, it, people set up these divisions and, you know, they do the, well, I made it to day two, so I can tell people I made day two. And that's pretty much the only difference between day one and day two. Uh, people s start feeling like, you got to check it out. Some people feel like I got to tighten up, tell the money. If you guys aren't in the money yet, other people are like, I got to, I got to take it down right now. I got to get all my chips right before the money bubble. And, uh, you got to figure out which guy is which. You can figure that out by kind of talking with people at the table, figuring out where they're from. If they don't play poker for a living, it's a little more likely they're tightening up because they want to tell everybody when they got home that they cashed. That's a pretty big thing in middle America or middle Canada. All right, and uh, you, you just got to recognize that's a little bit more what they're at. Where if they're, whereas they're, if they're a poker pro, they want to tell people they final table. They want to tell people they won or they want to tell people, you know, I got all these chips. So they're a little bit more, or if they perceive themselves as a poker pro, uh, they're going to be a little bit more active. And uh, you want to just kind of parse out wherever. You can always tell the poker pro who they are. It's like, so what do you do for a living? Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> well, man, I, I do this. It's like, you can just say I play cards. That's it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, I, you're not a cowboy. Like, nobody's going to go, oh, my God. Ho holy crap. Oh, my God. You can just bang my sister. Come here. You know, like, what, what do they expect, right? Like, like I, don't, I don't know. It's so weird to me to hear poker players, like, how they expect to get, like, reverence for, like, I play cards for a living. It's like, yeah, a lot of people have done that since the 1800s, you know. Not all of them have been good, by the way. They just do that. But, yeah, anyhow, uh, it, there's uh, – the other thing I, I would say is just with live poker, a lot of people, like, make it really uh, – I think they get up in their head quite a bit. And by the way, if you guys haven't heard, Assassinato University is going to have, uh, we're going to have live poker 101 starting on October 1st. Uh, right now, I think you can still, I'll check with the marketing people. If I'm wrong about this, I'll just give you the deal. Uh, but you can get like, it's going to be, it's going to be 10 meetings for two, two, three hours. So it's going to be 23. 30 hours of content. It is an actual class and it's 500 bucks and you get a free copy of the myth and poker talent with it. So that's like less than $20 an hour, uh, less than $25 an hour to meet with me and learn specific stuff about live poker. So if you want to hear more about this, you know, just write us at Alex at poker and uh, we'll send you the details. But yeah, anyhow, uh, there, there's a, uh, there, the thing about like day two is I think a lot of people get really up in their head and I just want you to take it one situation at a time. I want you to pretend you're explaining to us on the show how the hand played out and what decisions you made. And if you can defend most of your decisions, 
that's a pretty good start. Even if they were wrong, even if it was the wrong defense, you'll at least know why you did something. And just right there, I find, makes most people play a lot better. And if they, if, even if they have the... Even if they did something wrong, they can correct the logic later. Whereas if you just do things because you're kind of up in your head, I find there's not as much room for improvement because you're not even really sure why you did something. And it's really hard for us in poker because, you know, we grow up playing competitive. Uh, if you start thinking in basketball, you're going to be in trouble, right? You start thinking in uh, – uh, you, you, you might be able to make some quick calculations in soccer, but maybe you have to be in the flow and moving and reacting very rapidly. But in poker, you really do have to think toward everything. So what I would do is get, an, get Evernote on your phone. Evernote's this awesome program. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's free if you just use it on two devices. All you got to do is like you write on in it and then you hit save and it'll save it to the cloud, it'll save it to your computer back home, uh, and all these other things, and that's really great. And just write, like, every hand that you see and everything that's interesting to you, right? So at the end of a hand, you should be able, even if you didn't play in it, you want to be able to take as many notes as possible. You should look at a ream of notes and feel very satisfied with yourself because it's like, look, I was paying attention if you do this for five, six, seven hours, one, you will not believe how exhausted you are playing poker because it is a pretty hardcore process. But also, you will be amazed how much better your reads are, right? And uh, hold on a second. Okay, someone's calling my phone, but I don't know who they are, so I'm not answering. Lots of, lots of distractions this time, man. Everybody doesn't. Mm. They're trying to stop the one outer podcast. They heard this yeah, the hundredth episode. They heard yeah. the hundredth. They got a, you know, dogs are stealing underwear and people are calling me up. Maybe we'll get that uh, that weird fruit salesman that came with the U.S. government that one time. You remember that? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a, but yeah. Anyway, they're uh, essentially uh, if you take notes like that, and every time you play a hand, you write down why you did it, what you did, why. Uh, you can analyze it. There's, uh, I think there's sites like share my pair now and uh, it, where you can just enter the details of a live poker tournament and you can share the hand. I was going to say my pair, but uh, there, it, there's a lot of things going on that you could be picking up on that. A lot of people don't pick up on. If you can do this stuff, I think you'll be much further ahead of the field because you'll start really caring about your position, your uh, your plays because you'll know you'll have to write it down and face it later if you're if you did something really stupid right don't if you bust the tournament don't in doing something really dumb don't just like throw the file away make yourself write down what you did and why you did it that is going to make you much more wary of making a mistake in the future and uh for live poker you know people say like you know purists say this isn't good or whatever, I don't really care. Wear the hoodie, wear the shades, cover up your mouth like Chris Ferguson. Uh, you know, just, it, it's okay if you do that. I, I think if you really want to cover tells, I think that's a great way to do it. Uh, it's, it's certainly, to me, I don't love it. Uh, I, I'm kind of in the, I used to wear sunglasses, but I started hating it. And I do kind of like at the poker table, you have to, you know, I, I do think you have to like just, it, I think your bluffs work better, too, if you don't have sunglasses on or anything. I think a lot of people look at your face, and if you look, like, accepting of what's going to happen, that's kind of scary, you know? And uh, But if you're not at that point yet, yeah, go by all means, cover up. Or the other thing you can do is just, uh, you can just get a hat, and you can just, when you're, like, a guy's, like, deep in the tank, you can uh, just cover your mouth and look down. Then they can't really see anything. It's kind of, a, I, I think it's kind of a jackass move, but I mean, it, it is pretty effective for a reason. There's a reason Daniel Negreanu wants to remove baseball caps and sunglasses at poker tables. It's not because he can't see something, you know? So anyway, uh, yeah, man, good luck to you. Have fun. Just remember to have fun. You know, I mean, it, these big poker tournaments, you're not supposed to win. You know what I mean? 99.9% of people are going to go home from that tournament unsatisfied. 
most likely you're going to be one of them. So just flip the game. Be satisfied just by your play, you know? If you were going to play golf, uh, you wouldn't expect to be, like, winning the Masters, right? It's, uh, you would be just kind of doing it for yourself and trying to learn. It's the same thing with poker. Just try to learn, try to have fun, try to enjoy yourself. Yeah, and failing that, get lucky and win it. Yeah, and don't um, don't forget that part. Yeah, don't forget that's, yeah. a, that's a good part. That's a good that's a good yeah. one. Okay, uh, to close this show, uh, it is just it's not so much a question, Alex. It's a request, so I will read this out for you. Right. And it is from Greg. Uh, Hi, Barry and Alex. I really enjoy the podcast and YouTube videos, and also Alex's Twitch channel. I have a question about using poker strategy Equilab software. It's similar to Flopzilla. Equilab has two sliders for the hand rage matrix, one for VPIP and preflop raise. I think I'm putting in the wrong info when I analyze a hand, and it might lead to a bad call or a bad fold later on. I wondered if Alex could do a quick YouTube video on his Assassinato coaching channel on how to use the two sliders to put the correct info in as to the hero and villain hand range using the HUD stats for VP and PFR stats. Thanks so much, Greg. Well, I'd have to teach myself how to do it, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely something we can consider. It's, uh, I use Flopzilla for practically everything, and I found it to be really intuitive. And uh, I, I think it's what I, I think Equilab, I, I did use Equilab before when I was doing a lot of work on my four bets, and uh, a buddy of mine showed me how to use it, and it, it worked. You know, it worked well, but I, I felt like I could get a lot of the same stuff out of Flopzilla with some other features that I really liked. So in the meantime, I, I, I'd implore that you look into Flopzilla because I really like that piece of software along with Cardrunner ZV. It's been, I can't tell you how much those two pieces of software have changed my game for the better. It's, a, it, it's wild how much more, I, I still feel like I have a long way to go as far as becoming a better poker player, but I feel so much deeper inside the problems, and I feel like I understand that much more. There's a lot of things you can't solve outright. There's just too much data to really parse through. It's really difficult to really make an, uh, you know, like an equity calculator a model that could really get through every instance of that because so many little things can change. There's a lot of stuff, like multi-way pots are an, an, an incredible example of this because if you have like, you know, if the, the way you're, the, like the decision tree will go out, it'll be pretty crazy. But just being inside the problems and thinking about the problems quite a bit is really helping me as far as uh, get, getting good, at, getting better at poker, just learning and enjoying the game. I, I like the game a lot more now that I'm so into it. I'm thinking I'm going to play a lot more live this next year uh, just because of uh, it, it, just because I'll be able to travel a little bit more uh, with, with some things settled down. But uh, there, the thing that I'm thinking about is like, man, like six years I've been sitting here at this computer like studying and helping people. It's like I, feel, I still feel far out from like total understanding, but how much closer can you get you know what i mean and that's such a great feeling and dude you're on that road you know what i mean like i've looked at a lot of different tools and been like did i do that right because that answer sounds really weird right and a few times i found out i didn't do it right i had a i had a equity calculation in the myth of poker talent and i'm really glad i did this i sent uh, a lot of my analyses uh to guys who knew a little bit more than me and they caught one. They were like, this one's off. Uh, you, you would have given bad advice. And that was really cool. Uh, and, but the more you look through it, the more people you contact. And you're contacting me, so that's a connect right there. So that's really cool. And uh, you, you just want to make sure you're staying into it, uh, checking it. Look, people put a lot of stuff on YouTube too, you know what I mean? Even if I don't use it, uh, even if I don't do it, look, look it up. Uh, probably somebody with Equilab has shown how to use it. And then try to use, that's another thing I do is try to use all the different poker software and see if you get the same answer on all of them. Because chances are you didn't mess it up three times in a row, right? Like that's a really, uh, that's a really good way to check it out. So, you know, I use ICMizer. I have used Equilab. I should, should, have, should use it more. Uh, I did use Poker Stove back in the day. 
but I found out it was counting some hands twice in a few of my simulations, so I stopped using it. Flopzilla is incredible. Cardinal's EV is incredible. Uh, back in the day, the original Holden Manager hand range calculator was pretty cool. Uh, they removed it in Holden Manager too, which sucked. But uh, yeah, guys, you know, just have at it. Have fun, man. It's not, it's not easy, and you're going to make tons of mistakes. I'm sure there's one mistake or two in the myth, myth of poker talent. Uh, prob- probably not like a severe one, but I, I'm sure there's, you know, there's somewhere I didn't dot the I or something. That's one of the things that was par- made me paranoid about releasing the book is like, you're never really done with something like that, right? You can just keep analyzing and keep the, uh, going with a lot, like everything in that book I'm very sure of, but there's like counter arguments that I think are really well stated, which I don't agree with that I would like to add in or I would like to study more and stuff like that. But it's just like, I, I don't know. I guess it's just like your thesis at college. At some point you just have to let it go, you know, and you have to, you have to be, and I think you guys are going to love what you read in the myth of poker talent. I, I worked my ass off on that book. I have never worked harder on anything in my life. There is no chance I got an advance that I was very proud of. There is no chance it was worth it for that advance. Like I, when I got my advance, I was like, sweet, awesome. But they knew something I did not they knew how much work this was going to be. And there is no chance this was worth the money at the end. But you know what? I, I love that I can just hand this to you guys now. You know what I mean? I can be like, dude, this is everything I think about poker right now. This is everything, right? Like, in, you want to learn how to play cards, you read that book. You'll know, you'll know what you're doing after that. It's not easy, but you're gonna lo- you guys are going to love it. Please pre-order that book if you're into it. The pre-orders push us up on Amazon. That helps us quite a bit. I would like to write more of these books. I had a lot of fun writing this book. And if you guys want to see more, more, you got to come out and support. By the way, guys, all the webinars are on sale for $400. Normally it's $900 plus. Uh, it's on sale for, I think, another like 48 hours. So if you want to get in on that, uh, be sure to write alexandpokeredrush.com or the PayPal is alexfitzgerald88 at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, essentially... If you get the money in, you're not going to lose the deal. It's not going to go to $910 the next day, you know, and I'm just going to be like, you owe me five, ten more, but you get every single one, right? And if you guys want more information, write me uh, at my email and we'll handle it. Yeah, and remember, as I mentioned previously on this episode, I'm going to be buying a copy of A Myth of Poker Talent for one of you listeners. If you want a chance of winning that, email barry at oneouter.com with subject myth of poker talent and 500 word max limit on why you feel you deserve a free copy i'll read through them the best one uh, i will decide and send you a book closing date for that is 12 midnight on the 24th of august i think i said let me just double check that before someone comes back and says yeah 24th of august midnight is the deadline uh, british time uh, center of the universe thing. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> and uh, okay, that's all for this hundred episode. Uh, Alex, how can people get in touch with you? Buy Mr. Poker Talent if they want to pre-order it and don't want to enter the competition, etc. Yeah. And everything going forward with yourself. Uh, write me at alex at com and be sure to subscribe to my email newsletter at uh, just go to pokeredrush.com and it's right there. And you get emails throughout the week. We had like three or four this week, just tons of strategy content, you know. And, uh, yeah, you want to get all that stuff for free, just let me know. And, uh, I mean, write, write it down on, that, uh, on PokerEdwards.com and you'll be signed up. I think you got to confirm in your email and then you're ready to go. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be at the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open. Uh, I'm leaving tomorrow. So, you know, if you guys see me there, don't be shy. Come up, say what's up. Uh, I'm not, I'm probably not going to be uh, hanging out with anyone <laughs> typically. So I'm, I'm a little, there's sometimes like, you know, my wife comes with me to the poker tournaments and stuff like that. And then I kind of just want a moment to talk to my wife. And then, you know, we would have the, uh, the businesses and stuff like that. 
at home that we had to take care of. So she'd be telling me about something there and I'd be like, okay, we need to do this or that. Back then, you know, if somebody came up, I didn't want to be rude, but I felt bad because I had to, you know, probably handle something pretty quick. Uh, my wife's not coming with me to this trip. So just, just say hi, you know what I mean? And I'm a bunch of my buddies that normally room with me are not rooming with me. So just come up and say, what's up? And yeah, we'll, we'll chit chat, you know, and, uh, don't be shy. It's good. It's good to talk to y'all. Thank you for part. Wow. A hundred dude. A hundred. It's cool. It's pretty, (laughs) pretty bizarre, man. It just started as an idea. A few fans had, man, like you and Barry should do more of these. And it's like, it's a hundred episodes later, man. It's like, wow, we got to give all of these to Kev math. Then they'll never disappear. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I wonder, did we ever find out if Kev Math has the circuit episode? That's what he, I remember asking for them, and he was going to dig through uh, archives, but then I sort of, when I stopped playing, I sort of like went, well, I'm not going to be bothered. <laughs> but I wanted, I wanted the Haralobus ones. I wanted Oh, them, my God. Uh, the 50-50 rule? You remember that one? He was, no, no. No, he said he he told Freddie Deeby would fight them. He would fight him because he applied for the fifty fifty rule. Freddie Deeb goes, "What's the fifty fifty rule?" And he said, "If you're under five feet or over fifty, I'll fight you." And like, uh, Freddie Deeb did not appreciate that apparently. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I wonder if Kevin Math does have. Am I email him and see if he does actually? Because he did say he used to have everything on like various hard drives and stuff, and then he, the, those ones, I think he said he had them somewhere, but he never got, he pulled some random show for me with, like, Chip Reese on it, I can't remember what one it was, wow. but it was like a Chip Reese interview, it was good, I think I've still got that on an old laptop or something Oh, that's somewhere. cool, man, no, they had yeah. some sick interviews back in the day, I remember when they had Doyle Brunson on right after Chip Reese passed, that was a pretty, that was mm-hmm. pretty heavy, you know what I mean, and then they got him talking about his life, and he kind of, you know... He, 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 it was really interesting to hear him. He was a little like sad. So when he was going back through his life, like growing up in like small town, Texas, it was a really like, man, this is heavy. <laughs> like this was, yeah. it was cool though. I loved it. But, uh, man, Kev Mass should write like, he should be the historian of poker, man. He should write a book. You know? I think he is. Yeah. <laughs> he is the historian of poker. Yeah. He's got to write the book. Yeah, man. You just tweet him and he like, Kev Mass will know it or yeah, exactly. Yeah. Have it somewhere. Why don't uh, why, uh, we should we should start a campaign? He should start a GoFundMe to write the first like historical account of like the new era of encyclopedia. Of yeah, poetry. exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Mostly so I can get my narcissistic ass in it. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> well, yeah, it would start with it, so that's an out. Right? Oh yeah, it's an encyclopedia. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Right. And uh, again, that's why I get the big bucks. Yes. Um, <laughs> Okay, well, thanks for everyone for listening and get entered in the competition for a copy of A Myth of Poker Talent. One of you will get it and that'll be good to hand out, get the ball rolling. You can go and pre-order it if you want to pre-order it and Alex has told you how to get in touch with him for coaching materials, webinars and Assassinato University, etc. Uh, Alex, until 101, I will speak to you next week. All right, cheers. Cheers, cheers everyone. Every day at America's Card Room, players just like you are scoring big in record time with Jackpot Poker. Jackpot Poker is a super fast three-player online poker set and go. You pick the buy-in, and after all three players are seated, we randomly pick the jackpot. Yep, just three players. No more, no less. And for most jackpot poker tournaments, it's winner take all. Imagine turning a $40 buy-in into the ultimate $100,000 game of poker. Anything could happen with jackpot poker. Play it now at America's Card Room.